So today we'll continue our exploration of the breath as an object of meditation. And this is important, a couple of, of preliminary things to say. So one is that we often offer the, the breath as an object of meditation, but for some of us, it's not actually a very accessible object. So we offer it because it's accessible for most people, but for some people it isn't. Yeah. Um, if that's the case for you, you can always um, use body sensations, contact of body or body awareness um, instead of breath. Or for some people, it even is helpful when it's something external to the body, like sound. So I just want to put that out there. And if you find this is true for you, if you're struggling with the breath in any way, um, then leave us a note and we can kind of discuss finding a more appropriate anchor uh, object of meditation for you. It's just important to put it out there. So that's one thing. Um, the other thing is that we will be offering a different ways of practicing over the days, um, but we're offering them as kind of a a kind of a you know taster menu kind of thing yeah, to let you uh, experience different approaches, different ways of uh, working with experience, it's not like a linear kind of course of like stage one, stage two, stage three, and, and kind of you need to keep up, which it can sometimes feel like that because that's what we're used to. Um, and so it's really about just tasting, experiencing, seeing how does this work in my experience, uh, but also with a lot of permission for yourself if there's a practice that's already working and feels useful um, to just stay with that. Uh, so you don't need to kind of keep up, uh, have that sense of keeping up. It, it's not about that. So with the breath today, we're going to particularly um, explore tuning in to pleasant, comfortable, um, neutral okay, good enough aspects of the breathing that are already there. So it's a bit of a continuation to, to what I was touching on at the end of the talk yesterday. Possibility to incline the mind or to um, bring the attention to a particular aspect of experience that is already there. We're not making it up. Yeah, It's already there, but it's not what we habitually notice. So we're going to do that with the object of meditation, with the breathing. So tuning in yeah, to any aspects of the breathing um, that feel anything on that spectrum from good enough as they are yeah, to uh, might be very pleasant. Yeah, it can be the whole spectrum. And that's what we're, we're interested in. So one way that we can do that, and for many of us, this is one way that, that this can um, be more accessible, is um, <coughs> tuning in to a 
a breath that kind of comes more fully into the body, it's maybe a little bit deeper, um, or sometimes a little bit longer. Um, but it's very, it's a very subtle thing here. So it's not like some of the yogic breathing, if you do a lot of yoga, where we're uh, really uh, manipulating the breath volitionally yeah, to be a certain way. It's more we're inviting the breath to come more deeply, more fully into the body. Um, or we're playing with inviting the breath to be longer and then we're seeing what happens when we do that. Okay, so it's quite a subtle difference there. Does that make sense to people? Yeah. And of course, with any kind of doing something new, then it's a bit of trial and error, and that's fine. Yeah, It's not like, oh yeah, that's what she said to do, now I'm going to do it perfectly. Yeah, and that's it. Yeah, it's kind of, we give ourselves to the process, and inevitably <laughs> we might find that maybe we're kind of breathing more deeply, um, kind of with, with some effort, and that's, okay, we notice that, and we relax that, yeah, and kind of think, oh, invite the breath more fully into the body, invite the breath um, to be a little bit longer, we, we can play with that. And this, just to kind of quote the Buddha on this, uh, kind of why, why we do this, or what this allows this kind of practice. So this is from the Anapanasati Sutta, uh, Sutta Mindfulness of Breathing. Uh, Sutta is, a, is the word for text um, in Pali, in the language uh, that the Buddhist texts are writ- written in, were written in. And uh, there's a gender change that we made. So Breathing in long, she, so the one who's practicing, discerns, I am breathing in long. Or breathing out long, she discerns, I am breathing out long. So kind of knowing the breath to be longer. Or breathing in short, when the breath is shorter, she discerns, I am breathing in short. Or breathing out short, she discerns, I am breathing out short. She trains herself. This is the interesting part. She trains herself, I will breathe in, sensitive to the entire body. That's where we bring the breath in more fully into the body. And she trains herself, I will breathe out, sensitive to the entire body. She trains herself, I will breathe in, calming bodily fabrication. And she trains herself, I will breathe out, calming bodily fabrication. I'll say what bodily fabrication is in a moment. But maybe we can just get a sense of that, um, of this as a practice, this can be unpacked. Um, very uh, at much length and detail but just for us just that sense of knowing the breathing and inviting the breathing to come in sensitive to the whole body yeah and and this will look differently yeah for each of us it doesn't mean that you need to be able to sit here breathing and know every single sensation in your body but it's more that sensitivity, yeah, that intimacy with the body field. Yeah. Bringing the awareness, we're using the breath to bring the awareness into the body more fully. And breathing in, in a way that calms bodily fabrication. 
Yeah, calms bodily fabrication. So what is bodily fabrication? Um, so we've touched on this, I think, without using the word fabrication so much um, until now. Fabrication in, in, in Dharma teachings, in Dharma language, um, means the way experience is made up of components. Okay, that everything, yeah, everything in our experience, we take it to be a thing, yeah, separate, independent. Actually, it's always dependent on other things. It's always made up of other things. And we can see that when we look at the body. So, for example, um, a a pain in the body. There's a pain in the body. And our habitual way of relating to it is that there is this pain. It's located in a very specific place. It's got a very specific nature. (coughs) So there's usually a sense of, here I am, and here is this pain. And actually, that pain is made up of different elements and different conditions. Okay, So it will be made up of that particular tension that's in the body, sensations of tension, say if we're talking about a knee pain. It's also, um, and those sensations themselves are made up of, you know, there'll be heat, yeah, temperature to those sensations, there'll be particular vibrations. If you haven't explored pain yet, the next time pain arises in your meditation, it's a great opportunity to see uh, what fabricates this pain, what is it made up of? Yeah, there may be vibrations, there may be pulsing. Yeah. Sometimes it feels like you know, there's like a pulsing, it comes and goes like a flickering light bulb. Sometimes it might be something that is more like a wave going up and down. Often we might notice that actually within an experience of pain there's moments of non-pain. But because of this fabricating nature of experience and our habitual ways of looking, we see it, we experience it as continuous. Or actually it is changing. And there are the actual moments of non-pain within pain, sometimes. Another um, example of fabrication, if you look at the body, is that um, when there's tension, contraction, painful sensations in the body, what the body instinctively does is tense and contract around that. Yeah. So there'll be the initial thing, and then more contraction around that, which, what does that do? That increases the pain. Yeah. So the habit of the body fabricates, co-creates that experience of pain that we're feeling. And then there's, of course, the resistance in the mind that also tends to increase the experience of pain as we were unpacking a little bit last night. So this is um, just a little bit about fabrication. It's it's, um, something we can understand, but it also is very, very deep and goes into uh, really the depth and the the subtlety of human experience. What's important for us in that is that, again, this way of relating to experience 
is part of what fabricates experience. <coughs> and so we may all know, um, I often give this example, I think it's quite helpful. We may have a feeling of physical discomfort or pain, um, and the context that we have that will determine whether it becomes a problem or not. So the easiest example is if we're doing some form of physical exercise, you know, like yoga or jogging or you know, going to the gym, whatever it is. Is there pain involved in that? Is there physical pain in your experience? When you have a workout or do a yoga session, is there some degree of pain? And your response is yes. Is it problematic? We usually no, unless we overdo it, of course. But if we're you know, really listening to our body, we expect there to be yeah, some degree of pain because that's actually what we're doing, right? We're gently, hopefully, <laughs> gradually um, pushing the body a bit further in what it can do. Yeah. So, um, so that's the context. If that same, same degree or even the same pain would happen say when we're sitting here still in the hall and what we're expecting is to have calm and peace. Yeah. That same degree of pain or that same pain exactly might become much more problematic in our experience. Does this make sense to people? Yeah. Okay, so this is part of the process of fabrication and what we're talking about when we speak about the ways we relate to experience. And so we can... Um, work in two ways. Yeah, one is what we're doing today is working with the breath in a way that calms the bodily fabrication. Yeah, that brings in a sense of resourcing, of calming, of space yeah, towards our experience. Yeah, so we're using the breath in that way. That's one thing we're doing today. And another thing that we're weaving in through the practice is relating to our experience with interest, with curiosity, with kindness, you know, with gentleness, which as an attitude, and, and hopefully this will become more and more accessible to you in your own experience, uh, reduces the degree of, pro- of problematic towards what appears in our experience, what arises in our experience. using the breath um, to bring um, more awareness more deeply into the body. And it can be helpful to, as we practice with the breath in this way, to continue what um, Nathan started yesterday afternoon, seeing the breathing, seeing the breath as an energy, not just as a physical sensation that's happening. So kind of widening the perspective. On, on the breathing, so the breath as an energy, um, not just a physical happening in the body. So there's a few ways we can uh, bring the awareness more deeply into the body. One is to allow the breath to come deeper into the body, either um, as we breathe, breathing it in wherever feels useful, but letting it spread. I think you were doing it a little bit yesterday afternoon, breathing in and out of different parts of the body and then letting it spread 
um, a little bit around that area. And so today, seeing if we can expand that even more. And whatever is useful for you can be, you know, the physical happening of the breath coming in through the mouth of the nostrils and then flowing in through the body or um, if it's more helpful to imagine the breath coming in elsewhere and just spreading through the body, filling up as much of the body as possible. So we're opening the body and getting a sense of space and a less contracted feeling. Yeah, so we can do that either, you know, breathing with the anatomy or beyond the anatomy. Yeah, whatever is helpful for you. Yeah. Whatever is helpful for you, and that's that. That's the most important um, guideline. Yeah, what is helpful? If it feels good to breathe through the feet, then that's what you'll do. Yeah, yeah. or through the, you know, through the the back. Whatever, whatever part of the body. And we can gently notice what effect that has. You know, what happens, does it release tension in the body, and what effect does it have on the heart and mind? Yeah. When there's more, the breath is deeper in the body, there's more openness and spaciousness in the body. What's the effect on the heart and mind? So in many ways that would be enough for today, but I'm just going to throw in one more, um, one more thing that we can practice with. If it feels like too much, then just listen and then put it to one side. Yeah, don't have to apply everything. Everything we're saying here is recorded, um, and you'll have access to it. All the sheets that we're putting up, you'll have access to afterwards online. So. Um, you know, you can work with this for, for longer than this retreat if you wish to. So I want to throw in one more thing, um, which we can particularly use. It's another building block of our experience, and we can particularly use it with, with distraction when we <coughs> notice that we've wandered, that the mind has wandered. Um, and this is a building block of experience. I'm going to say the Pali, you don't need to remember it. It's called Vedana, V-E-D-A-N-A. Um, what it actually means is that any level of our experience, any aspect of our experience, will always be categorized in the mind as pleasant or unpleasant or somewhere between the two. Yeah? If it's not strongly enough pleasant, strongly enough unpleasant, it'll be not one or the other, which we often call neutral. And why is this important? Why is this interesting? The reason we're, we're throwing it in this morning is that when we notice the movements of mind, or if there's, a, if there's a lot of distraction happening, this can be like a handhold into experience, noticing, ah, right now the mind has moved off you know, into fantasy, or it's moved off into memory, or it's really obsessed with the sensation in the body, whatever it is. Um, is this pleasant or unpleasant? Yeah. And we just notice that aspect of experience. And we have the capacity to then stay with that. Just unpleasant. Or just pleasant. Yeah, that's, that's what it is. And we just stay with that, which um, can really support 
the um, non-building up, non-escalation of experience. This goes back to fabrication. So our experience is built up of components and it has a tendency to escalate, to get dramatic. And when we can stay with this very initial, very preliminary, but mostly unconscious, we usually we probably have never thought that your experience get cat- experience gets categorized in this way. Yeah, it's completely unconscious. When we can stay with that, it again really reduces the sense of problematic. Yeah, from experience, yeah. things are less problematic. There's more well-being. Yeah, there's a very clear relationship between the two. So something can be unpleasant and not be a problem. Something can be pleasant, and yet we can know its pleasantness without getting caught up in that grasping, yeah, getting pulled towards something that, again, we were touching on last night. Why don't I finish this section and then we'll do we'll do questions, okay? Is that possible? Yeah, just so that because I may I may touch on it. There's a chance, who knows? Yeah, so we'll be you know, this practice can um, be used much more widely widely and wildly, but today we'll just uh, we'll just be using it when the mind is distracted. Okay, just as another kind of way of coming back. Yeah, of coming back. So the way we'll be breaking it down is um, when you notice distraction and you acknowledge that it's there. Yeah, ah, distraction, you know, this being pulled towards a fantasy or aversion to something. Uh, what's the Vedana? And we just notice that pleasant, unpleasant in particular, of experience. It'll mostly be pleasant or unpleasant if it's got enough pull for the mind to get hooked on. And then we feel the little bit of space that that allows, or the great degree of space that that allows, that varies, and we come back to the breath, or the body, the object. And just kind of explore that as a kind of another, um, something, another tool that we can use to give a little bit more space within the stickiness of experience and getting hooked of experience. So in relationship to the hindrances that I was speaking about yesterday, you know, the mode, the high energy, the low energy, the aversion, the desire, we can see how Vedana uh, would be very useful there. Yeah, so we notice that pull towards something And even if the something seems pleasant, the pull towards it might actually feel unpleasant. This is really interesting. But in any case, it gives us some space. It gives us some space to to unhook. And it kind of uh, limits the escalation, the building up and the drama that can unfold. Okay, yeah, question. Um, yeah, I was going to ask um, whether there is a critical time to notice that you're uh, in that process of being pulled towards something pleasant or unpleasant. Yeah. 
Do you need to notice before you kind of got involved in the whole escalation thing, or is it, is it like, I don't know, is it like a better time yeah. to notice? Or? Yeah. Thank you for that. It's a wonderful question. So the question, I'll just repeat it, is, is, is there a critical time to notice that you're getting caught up in some escalation or some fabrication process, some building up process? Um, you know, like, and, and it's, it's a really important question. So I would say, um, two things. So for most of us, typically, the earlier on, yeah, in the process of the escalation that we notice it, the less sticky it will be, the less kind of caught up in it we will be. Um, and something that we're cultivating here in practice is that sensitivity, how we get to know our inner workings. Yeah. And so we both get to know what's likely to trigger us, but also how that feels. Yeah, the beginning stages, what do they actually feel like? So we become more sensitive so that we can catch it earlier. But saying that, the wonderful thing about practice, and particularly about this pleasant, unpleasant division, <coughs> is, um, is that it's always applicable. So we may be caught up in, in you know, a complete storm of the inner world, yeah, like a real difficult relationship with the pain in the body, or completely caught up in um, something from our life, from the past or the future, and really in it, you know, the full... As a, I can't resist sharing this word, papancha, which is my favorite Pali words because it actually sounds like what it is. It's when the mind proliferates and kind of builds up castles in the air and we get really, you know, we're suddenly completely somewhere else. You know, we're not here, we're in something that happened five years ago or, you know, we're already married to someone here in the retreat who we've never spoken to. Um, and 10 years forward, we're married and we have three beautiful children or whatever it is that our fantasy is. So this is, you know, our minds do that. Yeah? They papancha away. Um, it's, it's one of the, you know, connected to a lot of very beautiful capacities of the mind to do with creativity and art, you know, the fact that we can build up things in this way. But often they happen uninvited, unannounced and unseen. Yeah, And actually bringing can bring quite a lot of dukkha, quite a lot of suffering um, with them. So um, the beautiful thing about this practice is at any point when we notice that, we can just stop and say, ah, what's the Vedana of this? Yeah, is this pleasant or unpleasant? Yeah, this particular aspect of this experience right now. And we can play with the lens of what we're looking at. Yeah, so we can look at you know, if we look at the storyline, it might be pleasant. But if we look at what it actually feels like in the body or the energy of the thinking, it might be unpleasant. You know, so we can look at different elements of it um, through that lens. And that can really, really help. That's actually one of the powers of this practice, that even within escalation, when things have really gone quite far, we can still use it. And even if all it allows, it might not, sometimes it just pops the whole thing like a soap bubble, you know, a balloon. Uh, sometimes it doesn't, but it gives us like a, it gives us a, a landing, a, a place to stand within the storm. And it's kind of like, ah, that whole 
papancha is rolling around and around, but there's a place of stillness that we can find within it. And again, that decreases the sense of problematic. Um, relates also to things being less personal, which I mentioned yesterday. Yeah. There's a lot, you know, maybe you, you already get the sense that we could be here for years rather than for days and not unpack fully the depth and the possibilities of these teachings, and yet at the same time they're really applicable. Yeah, and we can just take and see how how does this apply to my practice. So let's practice together. I'll just do a I will guide this practice, but just remind us, and I'll say this at the end as well. Um, the core practice today has two threads to it. Okay, one thread is the breath as the object of meditation, particular tuning into pleasant, comfortable aspects of the breathing and to bringing the, the breath as fully, as deeply as is possible, inviting it deep into the body. Okay? That's one aspect of the, uh, one thread of the practice. Um, and the second thread is noticing this Vedana, this pleasant, unpleasant, particularly with distraction. And when the mind moves, we notice it's moved away in that moment, which we're calling the aha moment. I have to remind you of that. Before we go off and have a, a celebration that we're back, we just notice the Vedana of, of that distraction. And that kind of supports us to be here. Yeah. And then we come back to the breath with a sense of celebration that um, here we are, you know, not lost but actually present. So yeah, if you need to um, have about 15 or 20 minutes of practice, so if you need to stretch any part of the body or stand up and sit down again, um, then please do that. settling into your posture. Grounding the awareness in the body. It can be helpful to ground in the sensation of contact of the body with the seat or with the floor.
So expanding the body awareness from these contact areas to check in with the balance of uprightness and ease in the back. Gently checking in with the body, different parts of the body. If there's any apparent tension, inviting that to relax. Making space. And opening to the presence of the breath in the body. If it's helpful, particularly as an energy. It can also be the anatomical movement of the breathing, whatever is more helpful for you. Inviting the breath to come into the body. Real emphasis on the invitation. We're not forcing or straining. Just welcoming the breath to come into the body and to spread through the body. can be helpful to feel the body very wide, very expansive, and the breath flowing through, filling up the space of the body. Sometimes it can be helpful to have a sense of the awareness in the body like a field of awareness that's expanded, stretched through the whole body and a little bit beyond the body. The body is surrounded, included, held within this bubble of awareness, this field of awareness, a little bit larger than the body. And the breath invited into this field and spread through the field of awareness, through the field of the body. We're tuning in to that sensitive, receptive quality of the body awareness of the knowing, of experience, receiving of experience, and particularly receiving the breath. Flows into the body and spreads through the the whole body awareness, the whole field of awareness. of the breath flowing deeply into the body, spreading through the body, 
gently opening out the body. As that happens, tuning in to any aspect within that spreading of the breath energy through the body that feels pleasant or good enough anywhere in that spectrum. Notice any areas of tension in the body at any point. Particularly direct the energy of the breath to those areas. Coming in and out of that area of tension or flowing through around that part of the body. Noticing any effect. Remembering whenever you notice distraction, the mind moving away from the breath and the body. Just acknowledge that that is happening. Notice the Vedana of the distraction, whether it's pleasant or unpleasant. And just staying with that aspect of the experience for a while. Just unpleasant. Just pleasant. Noticing the effect of that. Softening areas of tension or holding in the body. And then gently reconnecting with the breathing. Feeling the energy of the breath opening, deepening, spreading through the body and tuning in to any particular aspects of the breathing experience that are pleasant or comfortable or good enough. So that's our practice.
and noticing where you are right now. If the mind has moved away from the breath, just acknowledging that, noticing the pleasant or unpleasant Vedana of this moment. Softening, coming back to the body and the breathing. Flowing, opening through the body. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.